Hello, this is Patty Davis. I'm a psychic medium and intuitive, and I'm coming to you from Humboldt County, which is in Northern California, where the redwood trees meet the ocean. Aloha, my name is Jude Lynch, and I am a psychic intuitive energy healer, hailing from the island of Kauai, the garden island of the Hawaiian island chains. Welcome to Spirit Speakers Podcast, where we meet to discuss a variety of topics from two different psychic vantage points. Hello and welcome. This is Patty Davis, and today we are discussing energetic cording. Energetic cording is an energetic connection between two people. They are pathways of energy that run back and forth that connect us to one another. Now, energetic cording can be a wonderful thing. It's how we connect deeply with the people that we love and care about, but it also sometimes can become a situation where we need to clear those cords or cut them off or release them. For instance, we may still have a deep connection to an ex-lover that is not serving our higher good, that is causing us distress or pain. And there's many reasons why these cords can be set up to begin with and many ways to either shrink them in size or disconnect them altogether. This is a really interesting topic, and I think as we get into this a little bit deeper, you will recognize that you may have some cords attached to you that you no longer want to have attached. And we are going to start that conversation now. So Jude, I'm going to go ahead and turn this over to you and let you start talking about your opinion on energetic cording and your experience with that. Hi, Patty. I think that energetic courting between the living is an often oversighted energy anomaly that happens in our org field. I think we take for granted when we feel comfortable with somebody or we're very familiar with them or we feel safe with them, that we kind of just open up our energy and allow their energy to merge with ours. This is what helps us have a deeper connection with our friends, what makes us feel like we really get to know somebody or know what they're thinking or understand what they're trying to convey to us when we're having a conversation. This is how we feel into whether or not we're vibing with people or if we feel like we don't really want to invest too much energy with somebody. And because the world of the living is such a comfortable space to interact, what I notice is people tend to be unguarded with their energy and other people's energy in our energy field can really impact our emotions, the way we think, how we feel, how healthy we are. There are many ways that energy from other people can affect our personal energy. The courting is not always negative. There are positive things that we can experience in courting. There are appropriate times to allow those cords to connect, and there are times that we should be mindful about whose energy we allow to be connected. Courting is one of the most common things that I encounter when dealing with my clients and helping them open up their energy, make it brighter so that they can function in their highest. And it is my belief that in order to function in our highest, we should be autonomous in our energy. We should have complete freedom within our energy field. There should be an unobstructed pathway so we can feel charged and energized and full and our Aura can expand freely without having to push through anybody else's energy. Patty, do you see uh, energetic courting similarly, or how do you view them with your clients? Do they come up as often for you? 
Definitely. I view it as that everybody has energetic cords, at least anybody that has any type of relationships. If you have a lover, if you have a mother, a father, a sibling, a child, you're going to have an energetic cord to them. It's kind of when you see two people that are in love, how you kind of see those sparks flying back and forth between them. That's what happens with an energetic cord. It's this deep connection. You know, they've done tests through HeartMath that actually show, photograph a connection of a cord where people that are in love can cord from heart to heart or from second chakra to second chakra. And they actually have the ability to photograph that, which is fantastic. So I see that most of us have cords going on and there are cords that can be healthy and there are cords that can be draining, that can bring in negative energy, that can just be exhausting. And I agree with you that it's very important that we preserve our own energy. However, part of being a human is interacting with other beings. And if you have this lovely connection with your lover, that's beautiful. And when we have sex with somebody or intimate with somebody, we oftentimes develop this energetic cord with them during that process. And it can be a good thing or it can be a negative thing. So the way I see it is that that is the important thing to take a look at right there. If you have somebody constantly on your mind, you're dreaming about an old lover, um, you just can't get them out of your mind, they're consistently annoying you by just being in your head, then that can oftentimes mean that you're being courted. Courting can run both directions or they can run one direction. You may have somebody that's thinking about you, that's kind of energetically stalking you, that can't get you out of their mind, and maybe maybe courting you. Oftentimes, I see cords in the second chakra. That's the chakra of relationships, and cords usually have to do with the relationships, but not always, and we can get into that placement a little bit more. However, when a cord is coming in, it may be that the energy is flowing one direction, or it may be flowing both directions. I've had a lot of people come in to see me that say that they want to get rid of this connection and sever this cord. However, they're feeding it just as much as they're being fed. And so that's something that is really important to take a look at. Are you fully ready to disconnect energetically from this person? And if you are, then we go into steps on how to remove that. So Jude, would you agree with that? Or do you not see people as commonly courted as maybe I do? Oh, I see it all the time. In fact, I agree with you. Everybody has cords. I think courting to me is almost unavoidable. I think you can start a small cord with just catching somebody in the eye, a stranger. And if there is any sort of energetic connection in that moment, you're creating like a gossamer thin cord. And we call them cords because psychically they actually, to me, look like cords. They look like little strings or ropes or threads between people. And as we go out into the world and connect with people, strangers or not, we're creating little psychic connections with people. And those thin ones might be a little more superficial. They'll probably kind of brush off or wash away pretty quickly just through our own daily activity with whatever we're doing in our day. We're kind of unconsciously removing cords all the time when we exercise, when we meditate, we listen to music. Everybody has different methods that help them relax and expand their energy. But when we start spending more time with people, like our friends, our family members, our coworkers, those cords get thicker and stronger and that channel of energy becomes more fluid. So I am going to be pulling in way more energy from somebody that I spend a lot of time with than somebody that I had just met. 
And for me, when we start interacting with people more regularly, we have to be more mindful about the maintenance. You can clear cords today, and the second you go back out in the world, you're going to start collecting more. So it's not anything I think is avoidable on any level. I feel like courting is about maintenance. It's about checking in and clearing your aura every once in a while and making sure it's free of any psychic debris from other people. But yeah, I do see it all the time. And I think some people are more susceptible to courting, like people who might have a thinner or dimmer auric field tend to have more courting issues. I think the stronger your aura is and the higher your vibration, the less likely these courting situations will happen. And I do see courting happening in specific chakras. The sacral chakra for me and the heart chakra are probably the two most common, but I have seen courting between people in other places. And depending on where the courting is in the chakra system can tell me a lot about what kind of energy exchange we're dealing with. I, I totally agree with you, Jude. Oftentimes people can be courting you in the solar plexus and it can be, I want your power or courting you into the throat chakra. I want to control what it is you're speaking of or what you're saying or uh, the heart. I want you to love me. Now, somebody can be courting you. I want you to love me in the heart. That can be lovely and beautiful. However, you can also be courted in the heart chakra that can be overly controlling and demanding. And oftentimes cords, while when they're little gossamer threads, or I see them as a little beautiful red thread can be lovely. Sometimes I see them as a huge cable. They'll be wrapping around someone, almost strangling them. And we'll have to take that down in size. I believe that there are some cords that should just be instantly removed and there are other cords that need to be shrunken or moved to a different place. And there are some cords that are fine that if you're comfortable with it and it feels good that it can remain there. And it just depends on how much your energy is being zapped from this. I personally like to have meditations where I balance my chakras and I clear all cords and that way I'm covering my bases in case something's sneaking in that I'm not aware of. And then I set the intention that I'm only allowing things to reconnect that are healthy and positive for my personal well-being. I agree. It is my inclination to want myself and my clients to not have anybody else's energy in their energy field, even if it is positive. Because between relationships, as long as both people can keep a high frequency and they're both good, well-meaning, well-intentioned beings, a cord between two people like that is pretty safe. But you're then depending on that person to always be high-spirited and always high vibration. And that means anytime you're not feeling so good or you're having an off day or bad day, when you have a psychic cord, whether you're in the same house or same room or across the planet, if you have a psychic cord with somebody, a bit of what you're going through, a small piece of that on a vibrational level is going to affect anybody that you're corded to. And it runs the other way. So imagine if you have infinite cords with all of the people that you've been running into, all of the friends that you know, all of your family members. And if everybody's taking or giving an exchange of one tiny little piece, it may seem insignificant, but it's the combination of all cords that can be the most overwhelming or one cord with somebody that's very close with you and the vibration of the other person may be really draining you, dragging you down, or you may be doing that to somebody who is in a higher vibration than you and you're having a bad day. Just as a precaution, I just think it's always better to be sure your energy field is clear. 
One of the places that I almost never argue about courting is when it comes to children. What I have noticed is when women become pregnant, there is almost this automatic surrender of the sacral chakra in order to hold space for the children. And I see this courting and it is a very beautiful, nurturing And I feel like it happens because as mothers, when we have children that are very dependent and helpless in a way, that cord that we have connected to our children is what gives us that mother's intuition, how we know what a baby needs and wants and when they need it or when we should check on the kids when they're not in our sight. It's an automatic energy exchange. And I see that courting happen on a healthy level probably till about school age. So between the time of pregnancy, conception, and school age, if I see that there's a strong cord between a mother and child, I have no problems with that. But when I see a 20-something-year-old or older adult child still strongly corded to the parent, that's cause for concern for me. Um, Just because I think maybe sometimes either the parent worried too much, overbearing, or the children are too codependent. So... The reason I think it's important to allow those cords to dissipate when they come of age is so the mother can kind of come back to herself, start feeling inspired to be more creative in her life, to have more meaningful and close relationships with other people other than her children, maybe spice up the love life with their lover or partner, and giving a little more nurturing and self-care to herself instead of walking around in sweats with disheveled hair, chasing a screaming child around, which is sometimes how you see those mothers in the early years. Patty, do you have any thoughts on courting when it comes to children? I guess I could say that I'm a little more lighter when it comes to courting on my opinions than you are. I see it as we have an energetic cord to our children forever, that that's something that's really difficult to get rid of. For instance, if we ended a relationship with an adult child and really wanted to separate from that, I feel like that's something that can really take a lot of time to be able to end. So I guess I see it a little bit differently. I see that we have a constant connection with our children that never goes away. That can, however, be a little bit too large, be a little bit overwhelming, suck a little bit too much energy. It can still be a cord and still be attached, however, it can be overwhelming or it can be flowing in a way that you're comfortable with. So I see that as just a a compassionate, deep connection and a, a loving connection between our children that's there forever. So I differ with you a little bit there. And one thing that I did want to go back on is when I was talking about energy flowing from the heart to heart. Where you like to really clear out all of those cords, I don't like having any cords in the heart chakra, and I will tell you why. I constantly am moving, with people's permission, moving cords from the heart down into the second chakra, because I believe that all relationships should come from the second chakra, because our heart chakra is our personal branch between the earth and the physical manifestation and our spiritual connection. It's the bridge between the lower chakras and the upper chakras. That is the place of self-love and self-connection and knowing self and deeply connecting with self. So when we first meet somebody, that excitement, we may have this deep heart-to-heart connection and this energy that flows. Once we get to know someone better and the relationship falls from that exciting, new, passionate place into one of a more trusting, long-term relationship, I believe that oftentimes that cord reconnects into the sacral rather than the heart. So 
I'm differing a little bit with you on the children, and but I also have my touchy points, and that's the heart. I, for instance, have a little bit of a heart condition, so I put a lot of protection around my heart, and I am a stickler about keeping that space clear for myself. And when you do a meditation and you travel into your heart chakra, that's a great thing to do to see who shows up there. And if you want them to be there, if you're comfortable with that, or asking them to take the stairway and go down to the second chakra and live there for from now on. That's a really fun meditation. I think that's the one place that I kind of differ from you, Judy. I'm curious on how you remove cords from someone. And I'm wondering if we are similar in that aspect. Well, now that you've just shared your point of view, I mean, that was really insightful to me because I'm realizing I'm actually probably more on the same tip as you than I initially thought. Because when I see an energetic connection with our loved ones, and I'm meaning the people that we have that unconditional loving connection to, there is a softening in the connection between all of the chakras that I see with those people. I feel like there's a bond between all of the chakras with our lover or our children or our parents or whoever we really are connected with. I guess what I'm saying, it's that etheric umbilical cord <laughs> that I'm more seeing where it's that straight sacral energy of nurturing and helplessness that happens and sometimes I think mothers will have a hard time letting that go. Some mothers are easier to let the children stand on their own a little bit more. And some of them, there's like this codependency that happens. And I don't think that that's healthy. It's not very common, but I've seen it happen. But when I think that as the children grow into adults and the connection becomes more intellectual and more beyond you just taking care of me, more of us like meeting as two souls, you're right. I do agree that there's this deeper connection that we'll never lose. I do agree that we have an eternal bond with people that we really love unconditionally. I don't doubt that. I guess it's just there's a certain quality in that sacral space that happens when a mother is taking care of a child. Well, Jude, listening to you, I'm going to have to say that it is striking a chord with me because I have a lot of chords for my kids and I'm one of those sweatpants people. I didn't want to, say, I didn't want to out you, but I was sitting here just like, Patty, that's one of the hard, one of the one things that comes up with you every time is like, you're really corded to those kids. And it's, <laughs> yep, that's true. So I'm going to take what you said into account and take some time and meditate and look at the cords that I have in my second chakra to my children. However, I did want to just mention one thing our first loves. And it doesn't even necessarily have to be our first sexual experience, but that first love is so important to us. It's just so hard to move beyond and to forget. It's like that love that just makes a huge imprint on us. And when we have our first intimate connection with someone, that's the first time we're courted really strongly by someone other than a family member. And that's why it's so hard to move on from them. And I've released so many chords from people that that are still strongly attached to their first love from years and years and years ago that just have trouble moving on in relationships because they continue to dream about their first love. They compare it to everything they have in new relationships. So I wanted to throw that one in there and I'm going to give it back to you. Yeah, that was a good one. Lovers for sure. And the thing is, is I think when you're unaware that courting is even happening, when people first come in, they may be carrying cords that they've been collecting since they were children, just 
piled in. They're just inundated with this psychic courting between first lovers and any lovers, really. Sometimes for me, when I had gotten out of a relationship, the first thing I'm doing is trying to release the cords. And I think it really helps you kind of get over a relationship, especially if it's a toxic one and it really had a hold of you in a negative way. Checking in with those energetic cords and releasing them is super important, as well as between friendships or the workspace. This can create a lot of disharmony in our own energy field. So when you know that you're having drama or beef with somebody, you should definitely be checking in with those energy cords and making sure their energy is not attached into your energetic field because there is a big psychic exchange that will happen. Like while they're away from you, if they're talking about you or having negative thoughts about you, you're going to be picking up on that energetically. And especially if you are literally being attacked by somebody face-to-face, somebody comes up to you and says something really harsh or really negative to you, you are undoubtedly being corded to them in a negative way. So it's really important to check in with those cords and remove them. So when it comes to removing cords, before I say how I do it, Patty, I'm curious how you do it. Well, I oftentimes leave that up to my client. We can take out a lovely knife and slice that sucker off. We can soften that area, send light and love to that person and let it just soften and open and be removed. We can slowly unwind it. Some people are ready just to get it done and have it be gone. Other people need it to be a little more of a slower process. So what we're doing is we are together visualizing what this cord looks like, where it's attached, and taking care of it in a way that suits them. One thing I do like like to do is however it's removed, the void or the hole or the wound that it leaves, I like to fill that up with light, with healing light, with love. I have clients come in that want to release things nice and gently and send love and light back to that person. And then I have people that just want that person to get the hell away from them. And it's hard for them to muster up any type of forgiveness or love. And in that case, we just down and dirty, slice it off, separate it, remove it as quickly as possible. So I get their permission. We set an intention together and together we work on separating that. And for me, I can see pretty clearly when it's gone. I can also see pretty clearly if someone's saying they want it separated, but they're still feeding that energy in. And that's a whole nother story about taking the time to really sit with what your part in this is and be fully confident in that you're ready to let it go. And I've had people come in where they're courting somebody else and there's no energy coming into them. All that energy is an output from them courting someone else. And then that's a whole nother thing is being ready to release that cord on your side and stop courting the other being. I see the same thing. I've seen people come in and I'm like, you're actually the one that's creating the cord. You're the one that's giving this codependency, this attachment or this negative feed towards somebody else and having to bring it to their attention that they need to stop. I also agree that it's very important when we remove anything out of our energy field to fill the space in. That is absolutely a step that needs to happen because we don't want to be left feeling like something's missing. Even though they may be more negative or draining cords sometimes, it can still feel like something's missing. An energy that you were accustomed to having is gone and we don't want anyone to feel that way, nor do we want there to be any openings for other things to be able to attach in easily again. We want your aura to be healed and open and high vibration and expanded and strong. 
So it is always important to fill that space back up with what I like to visualize, a nice white gold light to kind of fill in any of the gaps and holes. But when it comes to actually removing the cords, I have my way of doing it for myself, which I like to do. And then I have a way of walking my clients through it. And I will often guide them through a little bit of a visualization where they are visualizing themselves and that person's energy field and visualizing the cord between them, how we saw it, where it was attached and visualizing that cord just slipping out of the body. It slips out very easily. And then we send that cord off into a light. And then after the cord is removed, we bring that light in to fill in the space. Now, when I clear cords for myself, and maybe some of you guys will like this one, but when I'm laying down in my meditation, I imagine that I have 50 arms and all of these arms are reaching from my head to my toe behind me and all around me. And I visualize every cord as they are. I don't try to dwell on who they're attached to and how they got there. I am just having an awareness that there are many cords and I'll see them in all different colors and textures and sizes. And I'll just take all of my arms that I'm imagining and I just pull them out very quickly all over the place. Takes me just 30 seconds of pulling cords and then I send them all off into a light and I immediately feel so much lighter, so much more expanded is how it'll feel for me. I feel like you know when you've released a cord because you will feel an expansion and a bit of release. Do you think the same thing, Patty? Totally, like a a lightness and a sense of freedom, definitely. Definitely. It, it is interesting that you said that because I totally do it differently for myself than I do with clients as well. And I hadn't really thought about that before. For me, if I do just a massive release or if I sense something and go into meditation, I work with a lot of raven energy and I will have ravens come down and this is kind of gross, sorry, but it's almost as if they're pulling worms out of me or pulling out things that don't belong. I so, thought I was the dark one, Patty. <laughs> It feels really good. It's like, oh, that one's gone. So it'll go around and and do that. And another thing is our aura is being penetrated by this cord. And sometimes we need to go in and patch or stitch up or send some light into our aura. You know, we can separate something from a chakra and fill that with light, but we do need to pay attention to our energetic field around us, our auric field, our protection, and make sure that that is looking complete and solid and back to normal as well. Yeah, I would like to add that almost everybody does not intentionally cord into other people. This is just a natural phenomenon that happens. So when there is psychic cording on, there's no need to be like, oh my gosh, this person's doing this to me or they're blocking me from my blessings or blocking me from going through my path. This isn't about what they're doing to you. It's not happening on a conscious level. This is just a natural phenomenon and it's up to you just to maintain your own vessel. It's just like washing your car. If you're going to be out there driving it, it's going to collect dust and dirt and you're going to have to wash it once in a while. It's the same thing when it comes to energy cords. That's how I see it. It's like you have to do the maintenance. It's not their fault or it's not an intentional attack upon you when that cording happens. And why wouldn't you want your vessel to be functioning totally clear and free of any debris? Let's have it be shiny and open and everything flowing as best as it can. I agree, Jude. And and sometimes if we're in a relationship, even if we mutually decide to end that relationship and move on, 
one person sometimes moves on a little easier than the other. So you may have moved on and be moving forward in your life, yet that person that you ended it with may not quite be ready to let go or may be having a difficult time letting go and still energetically courting you because they're thinking about you and missing you and heartbroken over this. And that attention that they're giving you is sending an energetic field in your direction and that's courting you. So sometimes we need to gently help them move on by releasing that cord. Right, because when they're corded into your energy field, they are getting a little bit of a feed off of it. And it is unintentional, but there is a little bit of high that they're going to be getting from your energy. As long as they're still having access to it, they're going to want it more. And on the other end, if you know that's happening to you and you remove the cord for yourself, you are automatically going to remove the cord from them. And then that allows their energy to kind of stand on their own, not being codependent on your energy. Now they are becoming more familiar what it's like to be in their own energy field. It allows them to let go of you even quicker. Yes. And to repeat something that you said earlier that I think is really important is that oftentimes releasing the cord does not do it forever. It's not 100%. Sometimes we have to do it several times a day or on a daily basis or when we just start feeling that energy coming in a little bit too strongly. We have to be on it, just like we have to be on it about personally protecting ourselves and clearing our space. We have to be on it with clearing those cords. And I do agree with you. I would say if I had to give it a percentage that about 75% of the cords that we have are loving and not intentionally sent to hurt us. However, occasionally there is obsession energy, stalking energy, and even psychic attacks that can come through in the way of a cord. Sometimes they can come around the back of the body when they sneak around the back. As we've talked about this before, that is a super negative attachment because that is something that's coming in very sneakily and very negative. So while most of the time it's not intentional, there are times when it is intentional. And that's a reason why it's really important to do a regular cleanup, like you mentioned earlier, a regular examination of your energy field to see if anything has attached to you that you do not want there. Yeah, I feel like for me, I have gotten really good at keeping my aura pretty clear and open. And I'm not as disciplined as sometimes I think I should be. Usually it gets to a point where I know I might have too many cords in my energy field well, I'll just start feeling off or sometimes I feel anxiety or I feel like something's wrong and I have no rhyme or reason to feel that. The first thing I'll do is check in with those cords and release them and see if I'm still getting that, seeing if it is an intuitive hit or if it's just simply coming from being corded to too many other people. That's great. And I've also had clients that will say, you know, I just can't stop dreaming of this one person. I think about them constantly. Everything reminds me of them. I just can't clear them from my space. And if something like that happens, that's a good reason to look at a cord. It may be that they're just thinking about you, missing you, and it's sweet, or it might just be a little bit too much. So even if it's sweet, if it's not somebody that's one of your people that you're really close to right now, I think you need to pay attention and let that go. 
I just had another thought about something. So when we talked about the more negative chords, I also think that there's something to do with like vexing people. Some people call that curses or vexing. If you know somebody's really having a lot of foul and negative thoughts towards you, that can create a really ugly energy corded into your energy field that can be very siphoning and fill your aura with some really yucky, low vibrational energy and So you know what's going on in your life. You know what your relationships are like. You know who may be jealous of you or not like you or that you have drama with. I think it's really important to just not turn a blind eye that perhaps there's some energy exchange there. Like really take the time, a few minutes of a meditation to dive into that and let go of that cord, not in hate and not in vengeance and not in judgment, but just let it go in forgiveness and compassion and send it off into a light. Send it off in this high vibration. We're not severing cords out of bitterness. I think it's really important to keep the vibration really high, even if the person is somebody who hurts you or you've not been able to fully forgive. We don't want to sever energy in a hateful or hurtful way. And if you decide to clear a cord, there's a really good chance that that person, if they're still in your life, is going to give you a call or text and say, are you mad at me? Did I do something wrong? Because if you clear that energy, they are going to sense that. That energy is no longer going to connect to you. They're going to feel that void. They're going to feel that it's not flowing through, and they're going to be alarmed by that. So just be prepared to hear from these people. I agree, especially if it's with the more negative and controlling people, because they're getting such a feed off your energy field when they're according to you like that. And when you start doing that spiritual work to clear it, they're the ones that are like, oh no, I want back in. And they're probably going to like try to pick at you or get you in an argument. So it's really important to be prepared on all levels, both in the physical and energetic world to maintain your boundaries. Yes. And energetic cording can be the vein that energetic vampires connect into to suck your energy or to take your power or to shut you up or to control you. So if you're just feeling exhausted, that's another reason to really look at what's happening energetically. In addition to sending energy in through this cord, that cord can just be used to suck your energy out and to take that on themselves. And I don't want to scare people, but there are people in the world who intentionally do that. Have you seen that, Patty? Like people who know psychically they can like literally vamp people's energy? Definitely. I I feel like there are energetic vampires that are fully aware of what they are doing. And then I also feel like there are energetic vampires that are kind of ignorant to the fact that they're doing that and that they do it without even realizing it. But either way, it does occur real often. Yes. I think another way too that um, courting unintentionally happens is when we see a loved one of ours that may be battling a sickness or a disease or they're going through a really hard time and because some of us are very loving and compassionate beings and we just want the other person to not have to suffer and sometimes we kind of self-sacrifice our energy like I'll take it on if they don't have to suffer. You know who you are if you're that kind of person. Um, that can create a cord where maybe that person's not trying to give you their sick or low vibrational energy, but you are voluntarily taking it on in order to make the energetic load less for them. There's a better way. Like at no point should any of us be compromising our own energy and our own vibration. Well said, Jude. 
So if you want to take a look at this, if you're curious, if you feel like you might be courted, um, you are being courted. So what you're going to do is you're going to sit in meditation and do a sweep of your energetic field, a sweep of your chakras, even if you want to do a sweep of your physical body and see if you can find a spot that feels a little uncomfortable or a little vulnerable and ask if someone is there. And if you get a hit or a name or see a face in your mind's eye, trust that and just let it go. Ask that to be removed or ask it to be a little bit smaller or ask the energy to flow a little lighter. Or like we said earlier, another way is to just do a sweep of your entire body. You can do a visual of a magic eraser or a little dust mop or um, standing in a waterfall and as that water's flowing over you, it's releasing anything that doesn't belong to you. Just doing a sweep of your body and clearing out any energy that doesn't belong to you and then setting the intention that either you're not going to let anything reconnect or that you're only letting things connect from certain people, boards that are positive and comfortable for you. That is a wonderful way to, on your own, start taking a look at and examining your energy field to see if there are any cords there. And again, if at any time you see something that's uncomfortable, that brings up fear, anxiety, feels negative, then when in doubt, just release it and let it go. Right. It's important to remember that your soul, your energy, your aura is yours and you are in control. You are the master of your own vessel, as I like to say, and you can decorate that vessel energetically however you choose. You can use whatever tools, visualizations that you think will work best for you. Everybody's different. Patty and I just shared the ones that we like that work for us, but I mean, by all means, experiment energetically. Just keep it high vibes. Yes. Great. So before we wrap up, we do have a couple questions here. The last episode we did was on reincarnation, and I have a couple questions on that. So Jude, I'll hand these to you. Can spirits reincarnate back in time or only forward? I think that's a really interesting question. And I'm answering this based only on my understanding that in the energetic in metaphysical realms, we live in a timeless space. It is not linear. So it would only make sense to me that we should be able to jump from the past to the very far future, maybe linear if we want, next life to next life to next life. I don't think that there is a rule. I don't know for sure, but it seems just on my understanding of time in the energy realms that we are probably free to jump through different timelines at any given point. What do you think, Patty? This question kind of stumped me. It's not something that I'd even considered or thought about before. So I love hearing your explanation and that opens it up for me. And I think this is something that I would want to meditate on and ask spirit for an answer on because it's, like I said, it's not something I've contemplated before, but it's a wonderful question. Really interesting. And um, we really like getting questions. It's, it's a lot of fun. So please feel free to email us or text us or leave a message on Instagram if you have any questions in the future, and we will do our best to answer them or we'll meditate on them and learn from your question. Thank you very much for that. So I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode. And again, I'm Patty Davis, and my 
website is wingandether.com, and that's wing and ether is spelled A-E-T-H-E-R, wingandether.com or pdavispsychic.com. And I wanted to take a moment here just to plug my program, which is called Oracle, and it is a subscription that I have. It's a weekly subscription where I meditate on what's coming up in the upcoming week, if there's tools or suggestions that Spirit has to help us get through that. And that comes out via a video release that's released every Sunday night to help you prepare for the upcoming week. Thank you for offering that to everybody. I think that's an amazing tool that we can use to help us navigate through life a little bit smoother. For anybody who's interested in connecting with me for a session or want to know more about what I do, my website is alignandshinekawaii.com. I have a magazine that I create here on the island of Kauai, and anybody, wherever you are, can view that. Uh, It's free. It's a digital magazine that you can flip through the pages and see the articles and interesting things that are happening here. There's a big movement of conscious-minded spiritual businesses, and you may find some interest in seeing what is being offered here on the island of Kauai. Uh, It might entice you to come visit us. So with that, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for your support and your questions. It really means a lot to us that people are finding value in the information that we're sharing here in the podcast. Until next time, aloha. Goodbye and take care.